How do you start a podcast? This is the early days podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the early days podcast, the show about the hustle, the excitement, the grind, the ups and downs of building a business from scratch. My name is Marin, and together with my co-founder Julian, we interview fellow entrepreneurs about their experience of building businesses. Our main goal with this show is to deliver value to you, the listeners, hopefully some lessons that can help you on your journey to start or while you're already building your own company. On today's episode, we have Kevin Horek. Kevin is a radio and podcast host of the Building the Future show. He interviews regularly startups, entrepreneurs, investors, and others helping to make the world a better place. Fun fact, Kevin actually interviewed us, and uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our episode on the Building the Future show. Now, back to the main subject. Kevin, with years of experience in the broadcasting world, we dig deep with him on the topic of starting a podcast. More and more people are turning their eye to podcasts, and with the adoption and advancement of voice, it seems that the format will gain further in popularity. But how do you start? This is a question a lot of beginners face, and we did as well when we were starting our own show. This conversation with Kevin presented the opportunity to dig deep and feed off Kevin's experience and provide a starter's blueprint for podcasting. We discuss the hardware a starter podcaster needs to record, then proceed to software for editing process and wrap up with popular approaches of distribution. We hope this episode answers the questions how to start a podcast and helps you start your own show. If you want to learn more about Kevin, head over to his website. Make sure you also check out Building the Future show, where he will be appearing in the near future as well. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoy this episode and find it valuable, share it with a trusted friend or colleague. We would also appreciate your love and rating. And now, without further ado, let's get into the show. I'm... Well, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Um, first off, um, I am a chief design officer, kind of full stack designer at a startup actually up in Canada. We've partnered with a company in Boston to sell sell a software kind of globally. Um, and we're kind of in talks to potentially get acquired right away. So that's kind of hopefully on the horizon right away. Um, as well as that, um, and I had you guys on my kind of radio TV or radio podcast show um, a while ago. And uh, so I also host a show called Building the Future. For me, it was started partly because I, I always kind of wanted to do a podcast, but I feared public speaking. And so for me, just getting over my fear of public speaking and kind of doing a show and talking to others like yourselves that are you know, kind of chasing their dreams and, and following their passions as well. So that's kind of a quick overview. I'm happy to kind of dive into whatever you, you guys want to talk about today. Yeah, we'd love to talk about the podcast and your journey and the way you approach this is, I think, very fascinating. We'd love to hear more about the backstory of how you decided or encouraged to actually start with broadcasting and talking sure. and overcome the fear. Sure. So I, I think for me, it was a bit of an accident or or maybe a little bit of like created luck, I call it. Um, I'd be, like I said, I was kind of thinking about doing a podcast for probably about a decade. Um, it always kind of fascinated me that you could basically, you know, plug in a mic to your laptop and hit record and, and kind of post it online. But I literally feared 
posting anything that I did. Like I tried to write blog articles. I tried to, um, you know, do other things. And I was just scared to post that stuff online. And looking back on it now, it's funny because, you know, maybe a handful of people would have heard the podcast or, or read any of those blog posts. And a lot of those blog posts like never went online. Like I just got to the point where I had them edited and I was about to just post them and I like couldn't do it. Right. And can I, can I interrupt? What was, sure, of course. Fear? what was the main fear holding you back in those? those? I, I think a lot of it's just that like judgment maybe, or like that it wasn't good enough. Like I never considered myself a writer. Um, I actually feared writing. I didn't do very well in kind of English class in growing up. Um, you know, I wasn't really a, necessarily a strong reader. I, I've kind of overcome, re like I read all the time now. I try to read, you know, a, I wouldn't say a book a week, but like I, I try to read maybe a couple books a month. Um, sometimes they're business related. I, I really kind of like the band biography type stuff. Um, but just the fear of kind of just how it would be kind of taken or, just people judging you on kind of your insecurities, I guess. And and the big thing for me um, to step back kind of to, to answer your question about the podcast is I, I feared writing as well and kind of posting it online. And, and I got asked a number of years ago now, 2014, um, the, well, the book got published, but I, I got asked by a publisher out of the UK to write a book on a web framework that I'd been using for a number of years. that was kind of all over my LinkedIn profile and they kind of approached me and I was like, okay, sure. Like, let's, let's do this thing because, you know, they have editors and, and stuff like that. And so I was kind of like, I always, again, kind of wanted to write a book, but was kind of fearful of just putting something out there. And, and so I ended up doing it. It got published. Um, it, it did all right. And, and I wanted to keep kind of writing. And so I reached out to a couple of people online about actually writing for their tech blog. And I wasn't paid, but I just kind of kept writing just to kind of work on that fear as well. I've kind of stopped writing just because I don't really necessarily have the time. I've kind of worked on a few guest blog posts over the time, over the, you know, last few years. But for the most part, I kind of just dwindled that away, partly because I work full time, do the show on top of that. And I think um, the fear of public speaking to kind of get back to your original question um, was a lot of just around just the insecurity of that, right? And putting stuff out there and what people will think or don't like. And I, I think the big thing for me was I've come to realize, like, who cares? There's going to be people that love it. There's going to be people that hate it. There's going to be people that are indifferent and don't have an opinion either way. And it doesn't really matter. And I think for me, at least, and I'm 35, just so you have some context, um, just working on something for yourself, whatever it is, and just kind of pushing yourself a little bit more out of your comfort zone each time. And the thing that I've really realized doing the show is there's people that I've had on the show that are extremely successful, or you kind of idolize, and then you have them on the show, and it's intimidating. But even having somebody that's a bit intimidating to you on the show helps me even get over my own kind of insecurities. And I'm not saying everybody should you know, go have their own show, but you need to figure out what you are kind of fear and, and try to work towards getting over that um, slowly. Right. And I guess how the show came to be was I got asked to be on somebody else's um, 
podcast or well radio show, I should say. And I wasn't what they were looking for. I, and I just happened. I was like, you know what, let's just say, um, ask the lady if they were looking for anybody else to run a show on the station. And I, and I had no idea if I would even hear back. And she's like, to be honest, I don't know. I will put you in touch with the station manager in Atlanta. And, uh, it turned out I had a call with them a couple of days later, they were looking for a similar show and they actually ran kind of a media company that has a bunch of relationships with kind of radio and TV networks across the United States. And she was like, you know, you have to go through six weeks of media training, which was a bit of just kind of like watching some YouTube videos and doing some kind of like, uh, like assignments. You had to interview a couple people. Um, and then basically I just started recording and it's been three years, three and a half years that I've been doing the show now. That's kind of a long winded answer to your question. Well, can you remember the, the original unlock that encouraged you to take that leap of faith and do the first one? And even venture into into it. Um, I think the big thing was being accountable to somebody was the big thing. Um, for me, even back to kind of writing, like I probably, like I said, I never would have post, I never could post my own blog posts to my own blog, but but writing for somebody else, um, whether it was a book publisher or a tech blog, um, or or the radio station, having to submit things on a schedule actually was kind of the the caveat to push me to actually do it. And I remember my first guest, and you can go back and listen, it's online. Um, he was a writer and he's written for for some huge kind of um, people. He, he used to interview people and he interviewed like A-list kind of celebrities um, in, in kind of the entertainment space a number of years ago. Like he's good friends with like Calvin Klein and like those types of, people and friends with a couple of guys on shark tank. And, um, you know, I like, he's kind of in that space and he's in New York. And so for me, it was kind of intimidating just to have him as a guest on my show. Um, the other person, he was the first person I recorded, but the first episode I aired was with uh, a lady that runs, uh, we are LA tech. And again, somebody else, I kind of idolized a little bit, got to meet her in person, um, when I was in LA a number of years ago and, you know, she was doing a podcast, she was doing writing, she was kind of putting herself out there. And so I think just having other people that you kind of saw doing this and then you talk to them and they're kind of very encouraging and basically saying, um, you know, just go for it. Like, who cares? Like, it doesn't really matter. And to be honest, like, I don't think I've ever really gotten any kind of negativity from anyone doing the show, at least I haven't heard it. Like, I'm sure there's people that don't like what I'm doing and that's fine. And I'm comfortable with that now, at least. But I think the, at least the podcast kind of writing community in my experience has been, if anything, probably some of the most encouraging communities that I've ever been a part of, which is interesting, right? Considering I was so scared to get into either one of them. Yeah, and th that's a great point. And you kind of touched on that uh, as well, the reaction. So do you actually remember what was the very, very first reactions of your first live show? Um, well, they weren't live, and so it was pre-recorded. But Sorry, the first show that went live, that's... Yeah, um, it seemed to do really well. Like, the, the nice thing for me was um, it airs on FM in, in Atlanta was the first kind of market that the show aired in and 
I don't know how long it took, but the show is kind of in the top three on on that station in Atlanta. At least now it is, and it was kind of within the first like six months. So I'm kind of going from nothing to something. Um, and then it also made the iTunes, uh, it was like number six out of 20 in the top kind of um, up and coming podcast. I can't remember the title. So for me, it was kind of like, whoa, this, I, I don't really understand why it necessarily took off from, from how I kind of understand from what people have told me is it, it's, I try to do it like brutally honest, right. About like the good and bad of, of doing their company or their you know, their product or service or, or kind of their journey. Right. And, and, and then I'm try to be pretty open myself with the struggle, I guess, and the, the pros and cons of what I've kind of experienced. What's, can you just tell us a, a little bit for context, the format of the show? I think you touched on it a bit. Sure. If it changed uh, through, through those years. Sure. So I originally started off interviewing kind of, entrepreneurs, founders, CEOs, investors, those types of people. Um, I've kind of expanded it a little more over the last year or two um, into more kind of some people in entertainment, some authors. Um, I just had a restaurant owner on the show, partly because I think like, you know, authors talking about um, things and giving advice about things that are related to kind of, you know, business and startups and founders and that, et cetera. Um, even people in the entertainment space, you know, they basically decided to go for it one day and kind of the struggle of, you know, making it to the t the top of their field, I think, has a lot of good advice that could be applied to any industry, especially kind of being an entrepreneur. Um, and then the restaurant owner that I had on the show was kind of fascinating to me because I think there's a lot of people that become successful, whether it's in music or entertainment or, or kind of the startup always have that like dream of maybe owning like a bar or a restaurant or both and just kind of talking about how to stay relevant and actually kind of how to make it happen when you're competing with these kind of big chains. So for me, I try to do stuff around people just like chasing their dreams and their passions now and, and having kind of an open conversation about that. Cause as you guys know, you guys work day jobs as well and um, doing kind of, uh, a startup on the side, it it can be kind of lonely, right? Sometimes, and some people understand, and others don't understand kind of what you're going through on a day to day basis, the good and bad, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, I would love to go into some more details, specific, especially for some who might be interested in actually podcast or how to start a podcast. And sure. I'm curious, how do you go about booking guests for the show? Sure. So I'm I'm actually working on, and I'm hoping to launch next month, um, kind of a course on on that exact topic. But what I'm going to cover in that um, is basically, I, I think for me anyway, the podcast numbers are pretty small compared to FM radio. I, I encourage a lot of people. It's pretty inexpensive, or can be pretty inexpensive, to actually get their show airing on. FM stations in in their local market or kind of wherever. Um, I, I don't think you need to be on more than one to actually get some really good numbers. Um, obviously, if you want to grow and be parts of different parts of the country or wherever you live, um, you can do that. But um, how I get guests, a lot of times I when early on, I spent a number of years kind of just randomly adding people on LinkedIn 
I did that for probably about five years before I even started the show. And people would kind of bug me about it. And I was just like, well, I don't know what is to end up what I'm ever going to end up doing with all these connections I've made kind of globally. But what I really realized is you start networking with people across all over. And then when you need to reach out to your network for, you know, guests for a show or a blog post, or you're going to some town, you, you have access to these, these people. And I found my first guests kind of through LinkedIn and Twitter um, and how I've been kind of, I still reach out to people on, on those channels uh, here and there, but what I figured out that works really, really well for me anyway, is I've partnered with a bunch of PR firms in kind of the major hubs across um, at least North America and a couple in, in Europe. And they basically send me their guests. And so, you know, my backlog, I think I'm booking into October right now and it's what almost the, well, it's the middle of July or end of July. So um, for me, just having, those kind of PR firms send me a lot of work because as you guys know, finding guests can be quite time consuming. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very interesting approach because you gave like two examples that are quite different from very early days when you're just starting out and you don't have the resources. And later sure. on where you have the resources and probably don't have the capacity to manage this whole manual process. Because it's sure. a lot of like all the research and everything you have to do yourself, basically, when you're just starting out. It's a very sure. interesting. Uh, the, the other thing that I did and still do sometimes is go to, well, at least in my case and in your guys' case, it's like I'm trying to interview startups, right? And so I'll go to like Google Ventures or I'll go to other kind of um, investment firms and go to their client list and literally just like email them like go to their all their client sites and like go find their contact information and just email them and say hey i love what you guys are doing i host this radio show do you want to be on it um and kind of just see if i hear back and most of the time you hear back i think a lot of people um love the idea of kind of promoting them themselves, right? Or at least somebody at that company is kind of in charge of promoting themselves, right? And so, well, I reached out to you guys. So, um, you know, what did you guys think when I reached out to you guys? Well, it was a great, it was, it was a, first of all, great email. You uh, reached out by email. And uh, as you mentioned, like we are at this stage right now where we take every opportunity to talk about what we're doing. Sure. Uh, and it was a very nice, polite conversation. And we had a really nice uh, pre-conversation, like pre-recorded conversation before that. So Yeah, very professional, unlike the way we, yes. we do it. <laughs> no, no, I think I like the just kind of open, raw conversation. I think, at least in my experience, those are the shows that kind of do the best, at least for me. And it sounds yeah. like you guys are in the same boat. Yeah, it's. I mean, um, I found out personally when reaching out to people, it's always um, usually you need to have some context of what they're doing. Of course, I've, I sure. don't think I've ever done like just a random cold email or tweet or something. But sure. for example, on Twitter, I, I reached out to people on Twitter several times successfully. Email, of course, always works. Instagram direct messaging. That's another quite interesting one we used in the sure. I think when we just started out. We were doing a lot of guests uh, through Instagram. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I've actually, um, well, I recently got rid of my kind of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp account just because of all the privacy stuff that was going on. But I, I, and I don't want to kind of get political about that, but I think 
that's definitely another channel. And I think the big thing that um, for people listening is just being able to figure out what works for you, right? Like I, I've never found a guest on Instagram, but that doesn't mean like you guys have. So what works for you guys may or may not work for me and, and anybody else listening, right? You just need to exactly. figure out what channels work for you. It's important to just keep trying out new channels and uh, new opportunities because, as you totally. say, it can be that you meet somebody at a coffee shop and totally you 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 kick it off really nicely. Um, totally, you have a very really interesting model for distribution that was a bit uh, surprising for me as well because you have the radio show next yeah. to the digital distribution of the podcast, and that's something that's also quite interesting for us because. We are focused exclusively on digital, mostly because that's the easiest and the most affordable way for us at the moment to distribute. Sure. But what are your thoughts on distribution of podcasting or audio programs in general? And uh, yeah, some tips and uh, pieces of advice you might share. Sure. Um, I, I guess, like I, I, I think podcasting to me is is great in the sense that. Um, Anybody can do it. And I think the bigger thing that I really learned is anybody can do kind of radio. Anybody can do kind of TV if they really want to do it. I don't think um, you're kind of limited to that. The, the big thing for me is I think the numbers on kind of FM are still like there. I wouldn't even do the podcast if, if it just was a podcast, to be honest. Like, I'll give you an example. Um Basically, the podcast will do maybe, I don't know, like a thousand plus listens a month where one episode in kind of Atlanta alone and it airs in kind of a handful of markets across the states will do, you know, 16 to 20,000 listens, just one episode, right? So the numbers, like it's almost the podcast numbers don't even really matter because they're so small compared to... um FM and in one market, right? Yeah. Do you think the do you think the the intent and the quality of the listens is uh, varies a bit? Because we can we can theor theorize that one proactively search for it, and then the radio can be a bit more passive. Uh, and then I don't know how they measure it as well. Maybe, maybe you uh, there. There's a third party um, service called Nielsen, which is like, they basically will give you kind of your TV and rating, TV and FM uh, ratings. Some some kind of public access don't have access to that, which is kind of interesting. They kind of just guess their numbers, which isn't great all the time. But uh, the nice thing about, well, I, I guess I see it like this, is some people think FM's dying or FM AM's kind of dying. Some people think podcasting is the new thing. Um, I... Maybe this sounds bad, but I don't really care. I want my content to air on all the current kind of mediums or as many mediums as possible, right? And if FM goes away tomorrow or podcasting goes away tomorrow or some other new kind of medium pops up tomorrow, I'm going to try to get my content to air on that. So for me, it's not really necessarily about the mediums. It's about trying to reach as many people as possible. And like, I don't record a different show for fm as the podcast like it's the exact same file that goes to both kind of platforms right and so for me it's more about um reaching the most amount of people than 
actually the mediums that it airs on, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, and maybe touching on that point, do you have any strategies that you cross-promote both the both distribution channels? So let's say from the radio show, you push people to your podcast and then the other way around. Um, I do mention kind of like for that people can listen to past episodes and stuff in the actual recording on, on the website. Um, and then, yeah, I try to promote on like Twitter and uh, LinkedIn um, all the kind of episodes and, and they seem to do all right. I, I usually try to send the guest their kind of page on, on the site as well so they can maybe share that with their kind of social media um, channels. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, and that kind of is what it is. Have you found that, that sometimes guests share and other times they don't share? Yeah, that's I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Which I, it was always kind of weird to me. I thought that, you know, p- people would share but whatever, that's something I learned that, you know, not every guest will share it. Even if they say like, you send that to me, I'll, I'll make sure it goes to my social channels. And then you never kind of hear from them again. And I've had that happen. And you're like, okay, whatever. Nope. Not, not a big deal, I guess. But yeah, exactly. I think you have to keep your expectations in check and realize that everybody has their own life and things that well, and they're busy too. Right. I think part of it is like, you send it to them and then like, okay, I'll, I'll do that next week. And then next week kind of never comes. Cause I've done that before where you're like, Oh, I'll do that next week. And then you kind of, it falls off the radar. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's so. a very good point. Okay. So I'm curious if somebody starts now and goes to building the future show on your website, what's yep. the best episode you would guide them to so they can get uh, the most value out or the most fun out of it? Well, well, your guys' episode's not up yet, right? No, I honestly, I, I think it, it depends. Like, I have a top episodes page. Um, those are probably my top episodes. Or I, I think for me, um, there's been a few if – for for me, maybe maybe my top episode was probably um oh that's hard. That's hard. Um uh I'm trying to think here. What what I say is my top episode. I would probably say Hampus Jacobson, um, partly because he was like pretty early. I've had him on the show a couple of times. He was pretty early on when I was recording. Um, he was brutally honest about the ups and downs of this. He, he worked on the first version of Android with Google. He turned Andy Rubin down a couple of times. He, you know, sold some kind of mobile phone games to Sony. Uh, he sold a company to BlackBerry. He shut down a startup and he's super, super nice guy. And he, um, we'll openly talk about kind of the good and bad of all that stuff. And it was very kind of open, eye-opening for me um, to have somebody that's been that successful. And he openly talks about that he still kind of feels a bit like a fraud sometimes and that people are going to kind of like figure him, figure him out, which, which is interesting, right? That he was still kind of had some insecurities when he's been like super successful in kind of all fronts of running and being and founding kind of a startup. Yeah, I guess you never stop learning and uh, experiencing basically every new venture. It's a completely new and unfamiliar thing. Sure, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, when it comes to the production of the episodes, I'm curious, do you sure. do it yourself or do you work with a team of people? It's just me. Um, I don't really have anybody like I do all the obviously recording, but I do the editing kind of as well. Um, I quickly edit. I don't really um, I, I try to take out like obviously if we get disconnected. I try to edit it together. But um, if there's like a weird pause or we have to redo a piece, I, I try to edit all that out. But for the most part, I try to do just kind of live off the floor. I think the flow seems to be better and seems more kind of honest if you can tell that it hasn't really been edited. No, you can tell for sure. And it's a kind of a really nice free flowing conversation usually sounds best when it's not edited. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a personal preference, of course. Sure. Yeah. When it comes to the tools, um, cause that's something sure. that would stop a lot of people. So sure. when we were starting out, we, we did a lot of research about, okay, what do we need now? Microphones? Do we need special software? How sure. do we distribute all of all the podcasts? So we, cause we wanted to go all digital. Um, sure. at the end we figured out that all you need is just a laptop with a microphone in it. And that's pretty yeah. much good enough and a free SoundCloud account to put your first episode live. Yeah. No. For you, what's your, how, how did you, when you started, what was your setup uh, and how did it change now? And probably you have some tips for people who are just starting out or curious in becoming podcasters of sure. some easily accessible tools that they need. Sure. I, I think um, to your point, I, I think like, yeah, literally I record in, I've recorded on my sitting on my couch. I've recorded in a little broom closet at the office. I have my own office at work. Like you don't need a fancy, crazy studio. Like I literally just sit at a desk sometimes or I've recorded on my kitchen table. But um, a laptop, a mic plugged into that laptop um, for the longest time. And to be fair, I still use it. Um, Skype to record with a lot of people still use it. I know people are going to, sometimes complain about the quality and I complain about the quality sometimes, but I bought a $30 plug-in on the Mac uh, called Skype call recorder and it's 30 bucks one-time fee. Um, and that's kind of what I started the show with recently. I've kind of done some more stuff um, with zoom again, you can have a zoom account for free um, and, and records even video um, for free video and audio. So I've done some shows kind of that way. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, like I use SoundCloud, I pay for, for SoundCloud, but you don't have to pay. Um, and then I use Squarespace for kind of hosting the website. You can host your, um, podcast through Squarespace as well. Why I don't, I like kind of having the website and, and kind of podcast hosting separate, partly because if I change one, then I can just, I'm not really tied to one platform is the big thing. Um, my, how my setups changed over the years, I've actually done some shows in person. And so what I did is I bought a second mic. And I think that mic I bought was like $80 um, US on Amazon. And then I bought a second one of those mics. And then I bought a little USB kind of two track that was meant for kind of singer songwriters, which is the size of, I don't know, maybe like a Two, two Apple TVs, maybe side by side for, for some context. Like it's a pretty tiny little box and it was meant to kind of plug in like a guitar and uh, just like a mic for like a singer songwriter. But basically I just plugged two mics into it and then into my laptop. And then you can use any real software that you feel 
that you want to record with. It came with Ableton Live, which I I don't I like actually, and so I usually record into that software for free. Um, that came with it, and then um, I do all my editing with uh, Adobe Audition. It comes with the Creative Cloud subscription, which I have kind of from my day job. There's a handful of free tools out there. Um, the most popular one, I think, is Audacity, and it's on Mac, Linux, and Windows. Um, there's another. I haven't tried it, but I've heard for Windows, it's called, uh, you know, record Skype call with, it's E-V-A-E-R.com, and it will record video and, and Skype for Windows. I, I know Skype just launched or recently announced that they're going to actually let you record Skype calls just as part of Skype, so that's going to be free. I do pay for a Skype kind of phone number. Um, and then I do pay for kind of a long distance plan. I think it's like $8 a quarter. So I can call kind of um, mobile and landlines from my Skype account. Um, and then I have a Skype number. So if somebody actually does call it, th they can, you know, do it that way. So I use that or and or kind of Zoom. And then I use, uh, you know, addition to edit. And then, yeah, I just post kind of SoundCloud and, and Squarespace. Um, other than that, I don't really use any other tools. Uh, and then I guess like TV, I've shot some in person, but lately I've been doing kind of some Skype or Zoom video. And then I just use kind of After Effects for the intro, outro slides. And then I just use Adobe Premiere to actually edit the video. But uh, it looks like I'll probably end up doing kind of more in-person video, but obviously that gets more complicated and you don't need to start like that. Right. No, that was super extensive. Really, really nice. Very helpful. If I can add only like recently sure. we migrated to Anchor, anchor.fm. Yeah. It's sure. a really, really great tool. And they offered like recently they really last several months they pushed a lot in the field of podcasting. Because right. at first it was like this social app for short voice messages wasn't really targeted to podcasters. Right. But they really pivoted and offer some really, really great tools. They do the submission for you to all the platforms. So nice. if somebody out there is pondering uh, how to start a podcast, <laughs> all you need is your phone and you can do it on Anchor. Sure. And well. it's free, isn't it? It's yeah. free, all free. And it goes to Spotify, it goes to Google Podcasts, to iTunes, everywhere with a click of a button. And we're not affiliated in any way. We just use it. Sure. And super easy and so, so, so nice. They have some editing tools now that they're doing. Nice. Up with the iPad as well to allow you to easily. Uh, I mean, there's so many free tools available. Just search around a little bit. Uh, yeah, the the other one I've used um, before is Mix Mixler. It's M I X L R, and it has like iPad, iPhone, Android phone, um, and you can kind of go live and you can take questions and you can take you can chat as well. It is. I think they have a free plan and it's paid. I think it's like 10 bucks a month or something though. So like those are, there's other tools that you can use that are paid that are, you know, kind of can take you to that next level if you want. Um, I've used it before just kind of doing live stuff at events, but uh, for the most part, try to do it as cheap as possible. Like I think I got started literally for, I think it cost me 150 bucks to get started. Yeah, you know, no, one no. time, one time fee kind of thing, right? Like not not recurring, just like, <laughs> and obviously, if you want to go spend ten grand on a microphone because you can have at it, but <laughs> I'm telling you right now that majority of people can't tell the difference, especially when your audio gets compressed and it's streamed over the internet or kind of on FM channels. Like, 
your $10,000 mic, most people can't tell the difference between, you know, the mic on your laptop or, or a $10,000 mic. I'll, I'll, like, it's just, that's the honest truth of it. Yeah, I'm a big believer that with 100 bucks, you kind of reach the 80% of the quality and then the rest 20%, very few people will actually notice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. No At least when you're starting off, right? Like don't yeah. go spend hundreds of dollars. There's no point. Exactly, exactly. And you can always improve. That's the best part. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> For your listeners. I'm curious when you, you mentioned in-person interviews. Sure. How does it differ for you to record a podcast that's just audio to an in-person interview? Sure. Well, I've done a bit of both. I, I guess like um, for the radio podcast version of the show, I just use that little two track and it's just like, I'll sit in front of the laptop. I'll kind of have a mic. They'll have a mic kind of in front of them. We'll sit at like a table. I don't know. I've done it in like a boardroom or just kind of even at like a, not a coffee table, but like kind of like a conference type round table. And just like, you know, I have a mic, they have a mic. And then I just kind of use, well, I use Ableton, but again, you can use really anything um, to just kind of record that in person. It's just audio only. Um, I don't wear headphones. I wear headphones. Like even right now I'm wearing headphones. Um, just so I can kind of drown out a little bit of background noise or whatever, or just kind of focus a little bit better. When I do in person, I don't wear um, kind of headphones. Um, on the TV version of the show, even the Skype version, I wear kind of more earbuds, not headphones. Um, just because sometimes you get a bit of an echo. Uh, I find anyway, sometimes you don't, but I just do. Um, when I've done kind of in person TV, it was literally like we each just wear like a mic. Um, just like a wireless mic. And then I just shot it with like one camera and it was actually shot in a house in Atlanta where it was literally like I was in a chair, like a, you know, like a couch type sofa chair. And then the guest was on like a couch and there was like a little table in between us. Um, I always joke it was kind of like a crappy version of like between two ferns, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it, it really was pretty, and then there was a there was a couple lights just to kind of light the thing, but it, it really didn't cost that much to actually get it going. I think um, I know people that have shot TV episodes on their iPad or with their iPad kind of camera, right? Like or their iPhone. So again, I don't think you need to go buy crazy gear or you can rent gear. Um, you know, it's it's pretty inexpensive. I, I think. It, the illusion of it, most people can't tell whether you're, you know, shooting on a iPhone or a, you know, $80,000 camera, right? Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. The, the tool is never the limitation when you need to do exactly. stuff. Exactly. Or at least start off cheap, right? Like go as cheap as possible. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, even if you, if you, you can spend a lot of money and then you do a few episodes and you don't stick to it or you don't like it, exactly. and then you need to resell back. Uh, oh. Or buy buy used gear if you really want good gear. Buy buy used stuff. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, doing more live uh, in-person interviews in the future. Yeah. Can you just take us through the maybe the plans for the next six months when it comes to the podcast or even your full-time day job? Kind of your personal uh, gen agenda and schedule for the next and goals for the next uh, let's say half a year. Um. One of the big goals will, will definitely be, and it's my fault. Um, I was planning on doing another in-person kind of TV season in Los Angeles and I was going to do it. I ended up having to travel for work. So I had to postpone it. 
So the plan is kind of to reschedule that for probably the fall. Um, I would also like to do a in-person season, maybe in Vancouver up in Canada, and then maybe one in um, Silicon Valley, um, partly because, well, my video, I have a buddy that went to film school that actually lives in Vancouver and he's got tons of gear. So um, we'll probably just record it in his living room. Um, why I picked LA is I'm partnered with the Media Excellence Awards and a PR firm called Access Entertainment in in Los Angeles. And um, they have obviously some really good guests. She's Sarah and Blake there have sent me really good guests to kind of help promote the Media Excellence Awards. And um, la like I was down in LA in, in January to actually record live at their event. And so I thought, well, maybe you guys can hook me up and uh, with some guests and I'll just like come to their office and and record some of their clients for for the for a day or two. Um, again, I probably just like my buddy will come down, we'll rent some gear from, you know, it's not hard to get TV recording gear in, in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, we'll just do it for a day or two. And then kind of same thing in San Francisco. I work with a PR firm there and uh, hoping to maybe just, again, go down, rent some gear and uh, record some of uh, her clients as well in, in San Francisco. As for me, kind of from, from the job side of things, um, it looks, if all goes well, I'll probably end up working at the company that acquires us for a while at least and uh, see kind of where it goes from there. Um, you know, I, I think for me, I would like to do another startup at some point, um, but that's maybe a while down the road or it might be a fun little side project. The, the other thing, I guess, with the show is I'm really just starting to try to kind of monetize the show and, and maybe get some more kind of advertising or sponsorship uh, for the show. And then um, I'm launching, like I mentioned earlier, kind of a course about kind of how I did everything that I'm doing with the show and, and kind of, I'm basically, it's kind of a longer version of what we talked about today. Um, and then that's kind of, I guess my my plans for the next kind of maybe six months, maybe a year out, if if that kind of answers the question. Yeah, it does, and you transitioned nicely. Uh, you mentioned the course, but is there um, anything else that you want people to know that they want to check out uh, online uh, or uh, tune in? I think the big thing is it's just like most of the stuff will be kind of posted or linked from like buildingthefutureshow.com. Um, and then I, I started like the I am building the future.com where the co course will be actually posted. And then I'm creating a free kind of online community around kind of the show, not not to necessarily promote the show, but maybe network kind of some of the guests with some of the listeners with kind of other people that are kind of doing this thing. I've kind of just recently I, I've spent little to no effort on it. Um but I want to kind of get that up and rolling too. So maybe we just have like a Slack channel and we chat or ask questions or kind of support each other. Or it's like, Hey, what's a good, I don't know. Maybe it's like, what's good podcasting software or like, has anybody tried this or that or whatever? Right. So thinking of actually kind of, well, I did kind of launch it. I just haven't really spent a lot of time with it. And there's a few people in the channel and we kind of chat, but it's pretty early on too for that. Yeah, it's nice. There's another tool called Discourse. It's, okay. it's more like a forum. Uh, it's quite popular. You can self-host it as well. Uh, sure. Um, so you only need to cover your uh, hosting fees, but it's quite nice. But it's more like you have all these, these discussions because I find that Slack is a little bit 
you might lose a lot of information there if you're not active every day or yeah, like, that's all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, thank you so much. Well, thanks guys for having me and uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh, thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, we would really appreciate your support by liking, rating, subscribing to the Early Days podcast. This program is produced and hosted by Dulo, that's me and Julian. And as we mentioned in the very beginning, we make non-iron dress sheets from performance fabrics. If you want to learn more, head over to wearedulo.com, that's W-E-A-R-D-U-L-O.com, and take a look at our products, our story, and the journey of how we're building the business. Until next time, bye-bye.